You are welcome to Face to Face Broadcast. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. I want to talk to you about something the Lord has struck on my heart. You know, when we started the year, um, there are some major scriptures that the Lord directed us towards. And we started talking along those lines from Isaiah chapter 9. Verse 6, let's look at that scripture. Amen. Isaiah 9, verse 6. I believe the scriptures will come up on the projector. It says, For unto us a child is born. Now, Isaiah was prophesying many hundred years before Jesus was born. But we know that this scripture was about the Messiah, about the Christ. When we say Messiah, we're using the Hebrew expression. When we say Christ, we're using the Greek expression. It's the same person. So for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon the the shoulder of the child that will be born. The government will be upon the shoulder of the son that will be given. He will be delivered up for our offenses. That's what it means. Amen. He will be given. He won't just be born. He will also be given. Now that scripture has been fulfilled. The child has been born. Amen. The son has been given in death. He has been offered as the lamb slain. The next thing he says is that the government, that means after he has been given, hallelujah, the government will be upon his shoulder. If he has been given, does he still exist? He's talking about the church, hallelujah. The church is the shoulder of the son that was born. And the child that was born and the son that was given. He says, the government, what's talking about government now is that the rulership will be upon his shoulder. And because of how this rulership will be embarked on, his name shall be called Wonderful. This name, Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, will come as a result of how the government was upon his shoulder. How the church will exercise lordship, amen, upon the earth. The church has a responsibility to enforce the Lordship of Christ on earth. Hallelujah. The church has that responsibility. And it is that Lordship that will make men call his name wonderful. Wonderful actually is miracle. Hallelujah. It's what will make men call his name counselor. It will make men call his name the mighty God. The everlasting father. And the ruler that will bring peace to the world. Amen. Alliance to form world peace that they will work on. It will not be sustainable. Until the prince of peace comes to reign for a thousand years amen on earth now i just said this to bring you to a point now let's look at verse 7 praise the lord i would read further it says and of the increase of his rulership hallelujah it's talking about the influence of the christ There shall be no end. 
the influence of his government. And the word there, peace, translated as peace, is shalom, but it's prosperity. Hallelujah. There shall be no end. There shall be no end. Then he says, upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The last phrase is what I want to focus on now. The zeal. Everybody say the zeal. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. What does it mean? It means that for the, this government to increase without end, zeal is what will drive it. Zeal. You know when Jesus took whips and went into the temple and drove out those guys that were selling? You know the story. The Bible says that the zeal of the Lord's house had consumed him. Meaning that at that time, he allowed the zeal of God, let me use that term, to walk him. Today, we are the ones now that should allow what? The zeal of the Lord to walk us. Hallelujah. To move us. To propel us. Without the zeal of the Lord, the scripture will not be fulfilled that the increase of his government there shall be no end. It will be fulfilled. And what is Satan doing to the church? What is his greatest fight? Is to quench your zeal. Hallelujah. Like to quench your zeal. What is zeal? Enthusiasm. Passion. Fervor. I take it again. Enthusiasm. Passion. Fever. Fever, sorry. That's that's zeal. A consuming desire. It's more like an obsession for something. That's zeal. Let's go to Psalm 35, verse 27. Amen. Psalm 35, verse 27. Please confirm that they can still hear me. It sounds sound okay. All right. I apologize for the video. Let's, let's read Psalm 35, verse 27 together. Want to go? Let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, which had pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. We're going to stay here. You will see that phrase, favor my righteous cause. Hallelujah. Favor my righteous cause. The language cause, C-A-U-S-E, is used for a strong reason. Hallelujah. An agenda. So, you will say, this political party is pursuing a cause for the masses. Hello? This organization is pursuing a cause for the oppressed. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, there are different causes that people are pursuing. But there is a righteous cause. God's own cause. Hallelujah. Did you get that? There's God's own cause. He calls it his righteous cause. Why he's doing all that he's doing. Why he sent Jesus to die. Why he set up a body on the face of the earth called the church. 
that cause that God is pursuing. Amen. In my part of the country, we used to have the Niger Delta militants. They had a cause they were pursuing. They called it resource control. It meant that they came together to pursue a cause that they were marginalized. And they wanted their resources back. So, they put together an advocacy group. They put together a militant wing. Are you understanding me? Are you getting what I'm saying? That's what they were doing. Until, maybe, they now said, okay, give them the presidency. That's the cause. Now, the issue about the cause is that somebody might be doing it for the wrong reason. Are you understand what I'm saying? So, it can be a good cause, but it's not righteous. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? It's not righteous. But God said His cause is righteous. Because it has right standing with him. It has his approval. Amen. It, is, it has his approval. It has his backing. There are many good causes on the earth that don't have God's backing. You know, some people wake up and say, Ah, you know, we must, somebody said that we must sanitize the body of Christ. It sounds like a good cause. But it doesn't have God's backing. <laughs> Amen. He doesn't have God's backing. Because he had said a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. Hallelujah. So it can't have God's backing. So, someone said, so how do we know the fake preachers from the original preachers? Because we must go around, must sensitize believers, who must, must fish out the... Uh, <laughs> You will just die for nothing. Go and read the parable of the wheat and the tars. And receive wisdom. Somebody rose up in the same way. Say, ah, master, we sowed wheat. Wild men slept. The enemy came and sowed tares. Tares like weed. Right, that's... On plant, um, uh, uh, unwanted plants. All right. Now, when we say weed, it means many things to people. On plant, uh, uh, unwanted plants. Okay. So he said, someone came and planted tares. Let us go quickly and uproot the tares. He said, no, 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 no. If you do that, you will remove some weed. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Receive wisdom. You will affect the weed. He said, allow all of them grow together. At the end. Amen. We will come for the week. Amen. And then the tars will be left behind. Glory to God. Amen. Don't fight. Let me digress a bit. This coronavirus is not an accident. It is a program rolled out from the kingdom of darkness. Allowed by God. Hallelujah. In the process, certain scriptures will be fulfilled. One of them is that, that day shall not come except the falling away comes first. The falling away is called the apostasy. 
There are many people that are in church that are not of the church. They will be weeded out. Amen. When we come back to church, they won't come back. You didn't hear me well. It's part of it. Many, when the Bible talks about the falling away, it's something that is going to happen on earth. Jesus spoke about it in Matthew. He called it, he said, the love of many will wax cold. Hallelujah. Now everybody's clapping with you. All those, praise the Lord, the single, single, praise. It's not all of them that are saved. So, all these trials. Everybody say trials. trials. Say persecutions. Good. Not temptation, no. Trials and persecutions, they weed out the fake. That's what it does. It weeds out the fake. Because the Bible calls it fire. If you want gold to shine brighter, what do you do? You pass it through fire. So God allows it. Amen. So the fire burns. And then only the pure original gold will withstand the fire. Hallelujah. Did you get that? So when all this is over, you see some people that say, I used to go to church until I became wise. That's how you will know that they were never part of the church. Amen. Are you hearing me? All right, I said that for a reason. So, the cause. Everybody said the righteous cause. So, there's a righteous cause. Over time, the cause had had different phases. There was a phase where the agenda of God was... To multiply the number of people on earth. Be fruitful. Multiply. Replenish the earth. If you were living at that time, God's righteous cause at that time was to multiply. And replenish means fill up every space in the earth. Go and live in that area. Move to this area. Extend. Expand. Amen. Why? Because the spirits and the fallen angels were already trying to dominate this realm. So God was going to raise man in his image and likeness to dominate this realm. Amen. So don't give them any space on earth. That was the righteous cause at that time. Follow me. So in Genesis 11... In Genesis 11, what happened? Someone came up and was against the righteous cause. Amen. Let us build us a city and a tower. It's a cause, but it's not the righteous cause. Amen. Amen. Let us build us a city and a tower. Whose top may reach into heaven. Lest we be scattered upon the face of the earth. No, no, but God wanted them to be scattered. The righteous cause wants them to be scattered. They were pursuing another cause not to be scattered. So what did God do? The Bible said the Lord came down. And that's what is happening today. There is a coming down again and again. That means that God will have to directly intervene. Whenever there is a disruption for his righteous cause. So this would have said, eh, let's be meeting at home. Don't worry. Import, important thing, uh, building is not church. <laughs> Amen. I can imagine in the day in Genesis 11, someone too was saying something that sounded intelligent. But what did God say? Replenish the earth. They said, let's build us a city. And they were building. 
They were building, they were progressing. As a matter of fact, the people that seemed to be building were more than people that were against it. Are you understanding me? Majority is not God's voice. Don't be mistaken. They were building. So God scattered their language. All of a sudden, NCDC is no more saying the same thing that WHO is saying. <laughs> the principle is the same. Amen. They scattered their language. And they left off building. Did you hear what I just said? They couldn't continue. Then the agenda of God, the righteous cause, continued. So I want to prophesy to you that the righteous cause of heaven will continue. Forget what is happening. It will continue. The cause of men initiated by demonic spirits. You think the men on their own just decided to build a tower? Go and read your Bible. The man that led that thing was called Nimrod. He was under an influence. He had leadership skills. Strong voice that people will listen to. He co-fund it. Maybe he has built a big company, a software company. You understand that? He co-fund it. <laughs> and to him, he's just doing what this is a good idea. But it's not God's righteous cause. Amen. Did you get what I just said? Alright, so now. That was Genesis 11. By the time we got to Noah's time, or oh, sorry, b- before then, Noah's time was 7 8. In Noah's time, the righteous cause of God at that time was everybody should get into the ark. Amen. If somebody say, No, no, what is Noah doing? We saw Noah the other day trying to catch a bed. What is he doing? <laughs> Amen. We saw Noah. Say, I think this Noah is getting mad. He's losing his mind. If, if you've not even been accused of losing your mind, I don't think you really followed God. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Because somebody would have thought that he, he, he's losing his mind. But that was God's righteous cause. To gather his family and every living creature into that ark. And he was solely given to it. Noah only had seven partners. Amen. I said Noah only had what? Seven partners to accomplish a world vision. And he accomplished it. Amen. Mrs. Noah. Shem. Mrs. Shem. Ham. Mrs. Ham. Japhet and Mrs. Japhet. Amen. And they built the ark. It took them a while, but they built it. Glory to God. Now, throughout the Bible, the, I'm saying the righteous cause was in phases. When, when, when Israel was to come out from Egypt, at that time, God's righteous cause was to deliver His people from bondage. Amen. Anybody that is fighting to stay is against His righteous cause. Amen. So I say, ah, where are we going to? Where are we going to? Have we died as we are here? The place we are going to, has somebody prepared the place for us? Oh, we'll go there now and now start again. Please, I'm not going. And the journey was not easy. 
But that was a righteous cause. Amen. You run through the Bible. Today, what is the righteous cause? Habakkuk 2.14. Amen. I'll just summarize it in, in, in a few verses. In Habakkuk 2.14 Let's read it together. I want to go. For the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. There's nothing more important than this. Is the gospel I just quote Romans 1 16 and 17 for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ it is the power of God unto salvation verse 17 says for therein is the righteousness of God revealed the glory of the Lord revealed amen the glory is revealed in the gospel hallelujah are you getting my point so when the Bible says the earth shall be filled, it will only be filled with the gospel. It's through the gospel that it will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God. Amen. As the waters cover the sea. This is his righteous cause. Hello. Everything we are doing is to be able to do this. Why are we having this meeting? To be able to do this. Better. Why do we have prayer meetings? To be able to do this. Why are we having a concert? To do this. Amen. <laughs> we want to flood the earth. Hallelujah. With the knowledge of the glory of God. Of, of God through the gospel. And by being a part, you know, you can be a believer or a member of the body of Christ, but you are not a partner with the body of Christ. Did you hear me? Favoring his righteous cause is partnership. Hallelujah. Let me tell two people, say favoring his righteous cause is partnership. Yeah. It's partnership. It's partnership. That means that someone can be a member of the body of Christ. The moment you get born again, you are a member of the body of Christ. But you are not favoring his righteous cause. You are pursuing your own cause. You are pursuing your own cause. But let me say this to you. In his righteous cause, your cause will be fulfilled. In his righteous cause, your cause is taken care of. You could write this down. Favoring his righteous cause is a lifetime call. Hallelujah. In essence, I mean it's not a temporary responsibility favoring his righteous cause is a lifetime call it's a heavenly mandate for our earthly phase of our assignment you know our assignment has an earthly phase then it has the phase that is eternal that means there's a time this earth will end. I hope you know that. So, this favor is righteous cause is a heavenly mandate of our earthly phase of the assignment. There's something I didn't read. In Psalm 35, because we read 27, let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. 
I would like you to look at 26. So, so you understand. He had first said the negative thing before he said the positive one. 27 is the positive one. Let's look at the negative one. Verse 26. Psalm 35, 26. Now watch this. Let's read it together. I want to go. Let them be ashamed and brought to confusion together that rejoice at mine heart. Let them be clothed with shame and dishonor that magnify themselves against me. Is the Christ. Amen. Rejoicing at my heart is something bad happens to the church and you are happy. They don't cash them. You cannot like my head and hate my hand. I know you don't understand what I just said, but let me say it again. You can't say you like my head, but you hate my hand. Then you don't like me. Amen. You cannot stab my hand and make up my face. Hello? Jesus is the head of the body. Amen. The body of Christ, Jesus is the head. Anything you do to the hand, you do to the body. I love Jesus, but I don't like church people. What are you talking about? Someone say it's not. It's not. We are not. We're not. We're not criticizing. We're not criticizing Jesus Christ. We are criticizing the men of God. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Go and read your Bible. Read Acts 8, Acts 9. A man called Saul that later became Paul. The Bible said he had caused great havoc to the church. He would go and get permission to arrest believers, throw them in prison. Some were killed. Stephen was killed. And he was pursuing a cause. Paul or Saul then was pursuing a cause. When Jesus met him, what did Jesus say? What did Jesus say? Maybe we should read it verbatim. What did he say? He said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Had Saul seen Jesus before, before that time? So he said, everything you are doing to them, you are doing it to me. If you slap a believer, you slapped me. Jesus had said it before. Where he said that when I was in prison, you visited me. When I was uh, um, sick, you, you did, you know, remember that? Then I said, when, when, when were you in prison? He said, when you did it for them, you did it for, to me. What he was trying to apply is the body. The togetherness of Christ and his church. May you descend the Lord's body. So, in verse 26, he said, let them be ashamed. Go back to 26. He, it's a curse pronounced. He said, let them be ashamed. Put it up. 26. And brought to confusion together. That do what? That rejoice at mine heart. Listen. Don't be happy that... A genuine church closed down. Don't be happy. Don't be happy. Don't be happy. Let him be clothed with shame and dishonor that magnify themselves against me. Is in the context of that he now said talking about that means that these people are not favoring his cause. He now said, but those that will favor my righteous cause, let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Amen. Are you seeing the difference? So where are you? Amen. Go back to, yeah, now 27. They say, let the Lord be magnified, which had pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Listen. He's calling the one that favors his righteous cause his servant. Amen. He's calling him what? His servant. 
then the Lord, this is what I want you to write down. God takes pleasure in the prosperity of the one that favors his righteous cause. God takes pleasure in the prosperity of the one that favors his righteous cause. God takes pleasure in the prosperity of the one that favors his righteous cause. Let me explain what it means it takes pleasure. Um, the word there actually, the word translates as pleasure, in some translations say delights. To delight. I'll, I'm allowing you to write down so that I can explain it. To delight, let me explain, is different from. Now, every child of God has come into uh, the blessing of prosperity based on covenant. Are you understanding me? Good. That's not what he's talking about. Taking pleasure. Let me use it negatively. How many of you have been bullied before? When you were in primary school, nursery school, you've been bullied. Okay. Ah, I'm surprised. Some of you that expect to be the bullies, you say you've been bullied. <laughs> Who was bullying you? <laughs> that, that must be a chief bully. <laughs> Amen. It's more like us that we are bullied. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. So we have to learn how to fight. Now, the bully takes pleasure in the frustration of those he bullies. You don't have to do anything. Are you understanding me? Anytime he sees you, he thinks of a new prank. You know what I'm talking about. If a bully just sees you, you are coming with your bag. Okay, I'll take his bag now. Then, he'll take your bag from you. Give me my bag. Wait, say, give me my bag. It <laughs> makes him happy. Are you understanding me? He'll now drop the bag there. You want to take it, he'll hit your hand off. You want to take it, he'll hit your hand off. He just he's enjoy your frustration is, is, the, is, is his delights. If you don't do anything, he won't be happy. Because you are not frustrated. Then you cry. Then he has gained full satisfaction. He might give you the bag. Tomorrow, you didn't come with a bag. He's not looking. What will I do? What will I do? What will I do? do? Okay. You start folding paper and throwing on your head. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Then I say, stop! <laughs> he increases it. Then you cry. He stops. The next day, he's looking forward to your tears. He, he, he you know, that he, he's look, you know, now, this, this bully is, is sadistic. Are you understanding me? So he's looking forward to your tears. So the next day, he comes up with another thing. What to do? Now, that's how God sits down. And takes delight in your prosperity. Amen. Amen. So he looks at you. <sighs> Give him a land he did not pay for. And then you you say, Wow, glory to God. Hey, glory. As you he's happy. Oh, Okay, okay, tomorrow, what will we do for him tomorrow? Then tomorrow again, he's watching, what will we do? Let them give him a house with the gates. Uh, you understand me? Everything, you know, like that. Then, he's always looking for a way. He takes pleasure, he takes delight in your prosperity. That's what gives him joy. So every time, I want to use this phrase, God wants to catch his form. He prospers you. <laughs> Amen. Are we together? That's what it means. He takes pleasure in the prosperity of the one that favors his righteous cause. That's why partnership is really very important. You, you can be a member of a family... I don't know the massive business families like you have the uh, Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett is a billionaire. 
So let's assume you are in the family. You can be a member of the family, but you are not involved in the family business. In Africa here, we have Aliko Dangote. Alright? You could be a member of Aliko's family, but you are not in the family business. Favor is righteous cause is being in the family business. Amen. You are not just a member of the family. You are in the family business. Hallelujah. Lift your hands and say in the name of Jesus. I am in the family business. Glory to God. Yeah. So you can be, you can be a member of a, a, an entrepreneur family, but you are not in the family business. Jesus made the same. He said, wish not that I must be about my father's business. When they were looking for him at the age of 12. So we are in the family business. We are involved. We are stakeholders. Hallelujah. Very important. Psalm 74 verse 12. In Psalm 74 verse 12, the scripture talks about something I just want you to see. My God and my King from ages past. He said, you O God. Let's read together. You O God. Okay, give me an answer. For God is my King of old. Say, God is my King of old. What is God doing? Walking salvation in the midst of the earth. Hallelujah. That means that He has not changed. That's what He's saying. God has not changed. This is what, that's what He has been doing. That's what He's still doing. Walking salvation in Portacot City. Walking salvation in North America. Walking salvation in Europe. Walking salvation all over Asia. In the midst of the earth. He's walking salvation. And I'm walking with Him. Amen. I'm walking with Him. I am not working for God. I am working with God. Amen. Amen. I'm working with God. That's partnership. Partnership is working with God. Now, why are meetings like this important? I'll tell you why. Two things, two major reasons. Why partner summit is important for every partner. Number one, inspiration. Ever say inspiration. Number two, impartation. Ever say impartation. Let's start with inspiration. The first reason why partner summit is important is that anybody that is partnering with God needs constant inspiration you know why because satan doesn't want you to partner with god so he will throw things your way he will try to distort your job he will try to distort your business he will try to give you responsibilities that will make you shun the responsibility of partnering with god if you're not attending the partner summit you will not be strengthened to continue. Amen. Glory to God. You lose inspiration. You can see, losing inspiration is not a new thing. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You lose inspiration. There are some things you wanted, you don't want them again. Has that not happened to you before? Is there anybody here that understands? There are some things you wanted, you don't want them again. It's not, the thing is still there, but you don't want it again. What has happened? You've lost inspiration. So, sometimes God can put a thought in your heart. And then, you can lose inspiration. But it was God that put the thought in your heart. Some of you have been in meetings where a word was shared with you. And you decided from now on, you will pray every day for two hours. At that time, it's God that put it in your heart. How many of you have been there before? You say, in short, <laughs> I am a prayer. I am a prayer. What you are trying to say is that pray is what you'll be doing. Are you understanding me? Eating and talking to people will be leisure. Are you <laughs> And you meant it. Then you went home. Satan knows how to arrange those kind of things. He will just go and open your former fire and bring out 
a passion. Are you understanding me? I've seen a brother that made a decision, something like this, saying, from now on, I'm going to do this, da, 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 da. Then, they are packing out things from his house. And he sees his PS2 game, a bit three, that he has even forgotten about. Say, is this thing working? Let's check it. He plugs it. As he checks, it's working. Wow. He calls his friend. You get motor combat. <laughs> then he starts going around borrowing the... Yeah, the DVDs or whatever goes to borrow them. You understand that? Yes, enter another mission. No? And once you borrow them, you must play them. Is that not so? So he goes, gathers them, puts them down. The next day, now, say, I just want to reach. It's a long time, man. I need to hit this point before. It's Satan that brought out the PS3. It's Satan. As in church, as you made that decision, he said, Man, we need to act immediately. Say, PS3. <laughs> you bring it out. You dust it. It will make sure it's working. Satan will make sure it is working. Praise the Lord. Sometimes we don't even know when Satan is flashing us. Don't answer. <laughs> Amen. So, anyone that's not coming for partner summit, if Satan flashes you, it will get your attention. You lose inspiration. See, losing inspiration, there's nobody above the level of losing inspiration. Those that have stayed are just people that have known how to constantly be inspired. Finish. I give you an example. Are you more see, are you see, are you more called than John the Baptist? Everybody say John the Baptist. Even as I call the name, the name brings some sense of seriousness. You can't call the John the Baptist in an unserious way. Try it. Amen. John the Baptist. Are you understanding me? <laughs> Glory to God. John the Baptist. Amen. Serious man of God. I believe that when we won't get to heaven, he'll just be in one corner by himself. Doing, doing something. Are you understanding me? Focused man. But do you know, even John the Baptist lost inspiration. At the point he called his disciples, go and find out, is that the Christ? Or... We should wait for another. Ah! Your entire ministry is to announce this man. Now you are asking whether he's the real one. Hello? And I'll tell you why John the Baptist lost inspiration. It won't be much separated from why he died early. You know, some people think that that's how God wanted it. No. It can never be. There are many things that God didn't want that happened. Amen. After John the Baptist introduced Jesus, Jesus started teaching. He was supposed to be listening to the teachings of Jesus. Did you hear me? Yeah. Nothing stopped him from going to the mount and listening to the teachings of Jesus. Because now, you said, the one greater than you, you came to bear witness of the light. He is the light. Listen to him. But he wasn't listening to the teaching of Jesus. Because if he was listening, he would have heard that he is the Messiah. Amen. Because he was not listening, he he wasn't sure anymore. Are you listening to me? It's the same thing. You cannot be a partner with Renaissance and you're not listening to the message. Amen. Amen. You can't. You will lose inspiration. You have to keep listening to the message. Your partnership is going to be affected in the sense that you will lose inspiration. The inspiration is to keep you focused. Everybody say focused. Focused. So John the Baptist lost focus. The same thing happened to Elijah. At a point, Elijah said, I'm not doing it again. I want to die. Amen. They lost inspiration. So, oh, we have partners meetings. You don't attend. You don't even listen to the messages. How will you be constantly inspired on the path of partnership? Listen, this thing is warfare. It's warfare. The day you picked up partnership form, demons were assigned to you. She must not do it. 
He must not do it. Satan doesn't care um, all the clubs in this city having money. He doesn't want the church to have money. He doesn't care if Hezbollah has money. He doesn't care if, uh, um, what, what do you call them, the ones in uh, Afghanistan, they have money. He doesn't care. Those terrorist groups. He wants them to have money. He doesn't want the church to have money. That's why any time, any figure in church shows wealth, Satan goes for it, criticizes it, damns it. But when hush puppy shows wealth, Satan magnifies it. He wants more hush puppies in this world. But he doesn't want another Kenna Copeland. He doesn't want another Bishop David Redoko. He doesn't want. He wants more hush puppies. Are you getting the idea? Yeah. So if you are not constant, because Satan is, see, Satan is 247 infiltrating this, the air, the space with his message. You go on Facebook, Satan talks to you. Then when we gather to talk to you, you don't come. Who is your pastor? So you can be in Renaissance, your name is Renaissance, but you are being pastored by Satan. Because he is the one you are hearing. The one that you are hearing is your pastor. So we gather for partner summit for inspiration. Everybody say inspiration. Inspiration. So you listen to the messages, then you are strengthened again. Because sometimes you can begin to ask yourself, why am I doing what I'm doing? Amen. That's it, I can bring this to you. Why am I doing what I'm doing? So I say, hey, if by now, all the money I put in partnership, if I put, uh, now by now, I will not put on one stretcher in my village. <laughs> what you don't know is that some people, by now they would have been dead. Some would have been in the hospital by now. But partnership had been a ransom for their life. Partnership has provoked divine intervention. It has been a memorial before God concerning them. If you want to do something significant on the earth, sponsored by heaven, be a partner and give attention to your partnership. Your partnership is spiritual. Amen. Did you hear me? Say it. Say, my partnership is spiritual. Say it again. My partnership is spiritual. No, don't you put it? It's spiritual. That thing you're doing is a spiritual transaction. When you give your money to the gospel for partnership, it's a spiritual transaction. In transactions, there are responses. You do your own, and heaven does its own. Amen. And there will be a response. So we gather for partner summits for inspiration. Constant inspiration. Then number two, we gather for partner summit for impartations. The impartations are the rewards that come specifically for the sake of partnership. Paul said, For I long to see you that I may impart unto you, Romans 1.11, some spiritual gift to the end that you may be established. So there are impartations. What are the impartations for? Do you know that, hear me now because I want to say something very important. There are some things in the kingdom that are received. There are some things that can only be given. They cannot be received.
I'll say it again, then I'll explain. There are some things that believers receive. But there are certain things that cannot be received. They have to be given. Now, when I use receive, I'm using receive in the context that something is on the table. They are all on the table. Then everybody that is in faith can come and pick and go. But there are some things that are in the hands of, the, of people. And they can only give when they are authorized to give it. You see, inheritance is not something you just receive. It has to be given. Amen. Ever say inheritance? That's the language Paul was using in Romans 20, it's like Acts 20, 32. I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance. He didn't say then you will receive it. He said, and give you an inheritance among them that are sanctified. Amen. But let me explain what I'm saying. Some things can be received. It's just like Joshua and Moses. Joshua could not have received the grace of Moses' life. No. Moses has to be the one to give it. Are you listening to me? If it would have been received, there were 70 elders. Are you understanding me? That would have received it by themselves. They didn't need to consult Moses. But the Bible says, in Deuteronomy 34 verse 19, the spirit of wisdom it came upon Joshua because Moses had laid his hands on him. Amen. Put it up. Is it 9 verse 9 or 19? 34. Determine 34. Thank you. And Joshua the son of Noah was full of the spirit of wisdom. Why? For Moses had laid his hands upon him. That means Moses gave it. Amen. Impartation it's not just you coming to take something. It's somebody authorized to give something. Hallelujah. So, we have partner summits. So that, you know, if you give, listen, let me explain something to you. That you're giving to the ministry, wherever you are, there are things you can receive for giving. But when it comes to the summit, it's not receiving what you want to receive. It's now the giving. Amen. Of what you might not be able to receive on your own. Amen. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's why we gather. Because some of you don't know why we gather. Paul would have told them, don't worry, I'm writing you a letter, receive whatever I want to receive from the letter. I said, no, I need to see you. There are some things that I have to give. Amen. I have to impart it. That's why I started by saying, there are some things you can receive, some things have to be given. And today, things will be given. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Things will be given. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Did you get that? Now why is God giving you those things? So that you can do what you are supposed to do better. Let me, let me, let me come from this angle. I'm, I'm sharing my last thoughts now. No matter what you receive, sometimes you don't receive all. Amen. Impartation brings the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. Second John chapter one verse eight. In 2 John 1, verse 8, it says, Look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought. Your partnership is something you've done. Amen. 
but that we receive what? A full reward. So in impartations, what the full reward is released. That you receive a full reward. Hallelujah. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. Thank you for listening to this message. If you have been blessed, you can reach us by email on info at faith to faith online.org or call us on 234-806-361-3560. You are big, blessed, and loaded. Taking the message of